0: The Israelites groaned in slavery. Let's just say, because I know you guys are like, man, comfort sounds so nice. Let's just change the word comfort to slavery forevermore. (laughs) A comfort zone is a slavery zone, okay? This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art, inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Hey guys, happy day. Super excited to be here again and always processing, always processing with the Lord. Like why God, why this ride? Why this time? Why this day? And uh, I never Fully, clearly hear an answer, but I just hear the, I just feel, I'll just say, I just feel that sensation, that pressure that only God can give that is gentle and kind and yet uh, forceful and intentional. I don't, I've never really explained it, Um. When God tells you to move and you just move, uh, that's how this this feels week in and week out. And I see the time crunching down, and I'm like, oh my gosh! I gotta tell you guys, like, this is definitely out of my comfort zone. It might look like I'm riding, especially if you're here with me live. Like. She just does it. She's just so organic at it. It just whatever your perception is. You you can tell me what you perceive, um, but it's not. It's not. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. It's a practice, and we think about this often when it comes to anything. Like it comes to prayer. It comes to worship. This past week, we were um, speaking about, like, speaking in tongues and being led by the Spirit to pray. And what does that mean? And, like, God is our comforter, but He's not a God of comfort. Does that make sense? God is a God of, of comforting. He wants to comfort you. Time and time again in the Word, we see where the Lord wants to bring compassion to his people. But even compassion isn't comfortable. And so we say yes. Yeah, Kelly, we're willing vessels to be used by God, to be expanders of his kingdom, expanders of his presence. And I just shifted into Exodus from Genesis in the Bible recap. And man, I didn't even want to leave Genesis. I have a girlfriend, Jessica cares She's a part of our Girls Gone Holy podcast. If you haven't tuned into that, it is so dynamic. Week by week, it blows my mind because uh, he shows up. But to see him show up through six people. It's so cool to come together, to come in one accord. You know, variable maturity levels, and I say maturity, maturing. We're all always becoming, right? But variable uh, times spent walking with the Lord, right? Um, Variable understandings of different churches we've been to and different learnings and trainings we've all been in. Um, We've had some evangelical training. We've got prophetic training. We've got ordained ministers. We've got um people obsessed with the word who are about to go back to divinity school. Um, we've got business marketplace ministers, all of us are marketplace ministers. In fact, uh, we've got leadership trainers and coaches and all of that to say, when God's people come together in one accord, wow, what 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 God can do. Think about it when uh, Joseph and and what he did in order to bring his people, back into one accord. He he went after it for decades. And even though he felt encapsulated by bondage, slavery, he stayed true to God throughout the process. And his family, the promise of God through Abraham, Isaac, and his dad, Jacob, came to fruition because he stayed steadfast in an uncomfortable place. Uncomfortable. And so then, We go into Exodus and we experience Moses, and I'm sharing all of this with intention about you and your activation. It's past the insecurities. It's past what you think God could or couldn't use you for. It's past your own limiting beliefs. It's past your understanding of God it is cuz he's so much greater than your understanding. And so we limit ourselves often and we prevent ourselves from seeing God, sensing God, being with God. And I think we're stepping one step too short. One one turned page of the Bible too short. One more minute. He eagerly designs and desires us to be a part, to be a part of what he's doing. And he invites us into that communion. And ultimately it's just love, right? He just wants to love on you and your love has action, has outcome. So let's talk about what that means in context of what you're doing right now. Okay. I know that there's something God has laid on your heart. I know it. I know that I know that I know it, because when I talk to people and I ask them about their dreams, the answer, while the first one might always be, I'm not, I don't really know. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know. They get that, like, shy element. God is ready for you to do the first step. Just speak it out loud. Just write it down. Secure it on paper so that you can go back to it. If you guys were at FounderCon, our annual conference last year, last fall, which, by the way, mark your calendars, November 7th through the 9th, we'll be gathering again. We have not revealed the city yet, so stay tuned for that, but have that on your calendar. Start tucking away some cashola to be able to invest, to be multiplied in this space. It's such a... Oh man, such a place of multiplication and growth. It's people's launch pads. It's people's connection points. I've already seen so many partnerships established from people who met for the first time at Founder. Uh, I say that in the knowledge of we have to be prepared. So God is preparing us in this process. He's preparing you. um, And he wants you to write it down. He wants you to get that first step on. I a little bit (laughs) just lost my train of thought because I get so excited about Founder and all the things that it does for people and is with people and means to people. I see you. I see you from Pakistan. Amazing for you to be here with us. That means so much. Yeah, for a long time, I did not step to short with my writing because I did not feel enough. So I stepped out of my comfort zone. Kelly, I can't see your extended version, but... You're, you're on your third book in less than a year. That's incredible. Another one to come. But I think about that limiting belief, that understanding that if Moses never did the thing, if he never did that, now we know God can use and will choose other people in the process. But I understand too that he has chosen you for your assignment. So the limiting belief that people give me and they don't write it down and they say it's not, I'm like, but I need your vision. I need it to come to life because it's a part of the grandiose idea of God. It's the heart of the Father for all of us to come in this one accord. And so while there's these different mountains and these different mantles that people will have on their life, It's the comprehension that one is not an exclusion to the other. It's an invitation for them to coexist. So Moses says yes, and he does it against his own comfort zone. Joseph was in so many places of discomfort. You guys get this from a timing perspective. If you feel like it's just been too long, that God has forsaken you, that he's left, that he's forgotten about you, that there's no possible way this dream could still come true. Joseph's time frame, from the time he received the dream as a young boy and shared it with his brothers and his dad, to the time he got thrown into the cistern and sold to the Egyptians, to the time he was working in Potiphar's house as a slave and then thrown into prison for uh, falsified evidence of his wife who brought him into her room, Right into two and a half, three, well, it was two years from the time the dreamers came. So let's say it's about three to four years. He's in prison. And then another 14 plus years that he's at the right hand of Pharaoh, literally running Egypt before he ever sees a fraction of the dream. A fraction of the dream. I am so blessed that as I build, as I say yes, as we obey, little tiny pieces are revealed. And, and I truly believe that. There are surely seasons where I'm like, God, am I on the right path here? Am I on the right bike? Am I going in the right direction? But the variable is, and the thing that we have that Joseph didn't have, first off, we had the spirit of God, even though Joseph and Moses both had those encounters We have the living word that ensures we're on track, that ensures we're abiding, that ensures that we hear from God, right? This is our tool. This is our vessel. Imagine what would happen if people actually opened it. I know it can look cumbersome. I know it can look uncomfortable to approach this, but you guys don't have to start here. You don't have to have a bunch of highlighted text of understanding or desire to go deeper start with a picture bible start with the chosen which is an area i really wanted to talk about today i went to sleep last night crying out to god crying out to him just in awe and wonder not for him to do something for me not for him to change a predicament Now for him to come back, I'm restarting The Chosen from season one with my kiddos and we're walking through and my son doesn't stop talking when we're watching a TV show. I I sometimes like desire that we could always watch it in the movie theaters. (laughs) Season four will launch in the theaters soon. Um, I always want that to be the case because then he's quiet, but he's asking questions. It's like, imagine walking, watching and processing. It's just like reading the word and processing, but he does it out loud. I'm like, but shh. I can't, I can't hear what Jesus is saying. We are constantly talking, but I realize for the amount of times that I press pause on my agenda in order to pour in to the agenda. God has in that moment as a training opportunity for me, for my son, how beautiful that root, that seed that I'm pouring in at that moment is going to grow. Versus telling him to be quiet and to watch something he doesn't understand. The reason he's eager to watch it is because he's processing it. So if you're reading the picture book (laughs) Bible, or you're, or you're reading the, the word and you have to pause and research, what does that mean? Or you have to ask a friend, phone a friend, right? Phone a friend, figure it out. Understand that God wants to use all the resources around you to support and supply you. So I'm watching last night and it's season one, episode six. If you want to go back, season one, episode six. I remember the very first time I, I watched it and I was wrecked. I went downstairs the very following morning and I looked up everything I could about Nicodemus. I'd never heard his name. I was an ordained minister at the time, five-ish years in. I didn't know who he was. I'd never heard a uh, pastor speak about him. I had never, period, let's just say he didn't exist to me. And this episode, you see this eagerness in this man, this eagerness, this curiosity Everything that was against what everyone else was saying, there was no comfort in his curiosity and he pursued, he pursued a miracle. He pursued the understanding of a miracle worker. He pursued a movement that he was not a part of and didn't think he had an invitation to because it was profound. We are presented every single day with mediocre. With things that are presenting to you as the answer to your discomfort, trying to provide you comfort, whether it's through media, education, politics, any mountain, medical, right? Just take this pill. Man, I had an amazing... Woman, Better Than a Pill podcast host and physiologist and nutritionist who focuses on women over 40 yesterday. And we were just talking about how variable our understanding is, but how simple it can be if we break away from the societal pressures and the lies that are presented to us. So these lies that are constantly presented to you as the solution They might be temporary. They might be momentarily satisfying. But I can assure you, they are not eternal. And God's plan for you is so much bigger. His ways are so much higher. His fruit is so much more sustaining. We're getting ready for our next three-day water fast. Now, it's a one-day water fast for the people who are doing it multiple times. Um, And... Three days for something else. So I'm doing one day water, three days no food, but I'm doing all liquid based. So smoothies and soups are allowed. Basically, no like chewing, no mastication is the word. And the reason for that is because that chewing sensation is what leads people to the fridge, to the pantry. Because it's comforting to take your mind off of what you're actually feeling, simply to chew on something. And so, fasting's intention is to be able to chew on the Word of God, to chew on truth, and to not get satisfied from what's being presented to you day in and day out, mostly, unless it's raw and organic and from the earth, bad for you. So, here we are in this moment, season one, episode six, and Nicodemus, he, he doesn't want to feast on anything besides this way, this truth, this life, because he's seen now two miracles. He's seen the miracle of Mary, who was literally possessed, demon-possessed by lesions that he tried to cast out, and it didn't work. And then he also saw the miracle of the paralytic man who walked For the first time, he was born paralyzed, never walked. He saw this happen. And even before then, there was curiosity about John the Baptist and what John was speaking to. He was looking to the Torah as a through line and not as a religious box. He had wonder and awe in his mind. And I think of all the things that the world is trying to take away from us right now. They're trying to take away wonder and awe and replace it with magic and mystics. Come on, Lord. This is why it's so awesome to do this because I don't know what I'm going to talk about until I start speaking. Magic and mystics is not awe and wonder. You might say, ooh, and you might say, Ah, momentary satisfaction, limited comfort, a comfort zone. Think of a zone, like an end zone, right? A comfort zone has boundaries. All in wonder have no boundaries. All in wonder take you to the universe, to the stars. And while magic and mystics are talking of universe and the stars, they're forgetting God, the father. They're forgetting the controller. They're forgetting the magic maker. They're forgetting the one who is in the, the developer, the creator of, right? All of these things. So Nicodemus is standing there and he is just seeking after God. He even goes up against the religious mindsets of what is happening with Shmuel, which is one of the um, the Pharisees that is like, he's a teacher too. So one of his students who cannot get out of the rigidity of religion. You guys, I see people walking in to denominations that I am like trying to pull them away from. I'm like, no, don't go that way. Come dance with me. Come be free with me. Get out of that zone. Get out of that box. Get out of that bubble that they're trying to place you in and realize that Jesus has for us all And in that all, I mean all, and it allows you to explore and navigate and have a relation that is important to you because you are important to Him. So my husband is a surfer and a hiker, the great outdoors. He can find the Lord in anything and everything, as can I. But I love my fireside time with the Lord. And I can't wait to get in the ocean or dance by the side of it. And I know no matter where I go, coffee spot, beach, church, the places that I pursue God, which is in every step. I'm like, are you there, Lord? I only want to go if you're there. I only go to a conference if I'm drawn to it by God. If I'm pushed into it out of a comfort zone by God. I don't want to be in places that I'm not positioned to be in. And so Nicodemus Back to Nicodemus. He's so amazing. He makes a secret meeting with God. And the reason I'm bringing this up, because I've now transitioned into Exodus, I told you, is it's said again in the mor- this morning's word, Exodus 3, 5, <clears throat> when Moses is in front of the burning bush. And Moses says, here I am, which, you guys, if I could just follow the through line of here I am. Right? So many of us are like, here I am, God, send me. But have you watched the precursors of that person's life before the here I am? Because it was hard. It was hard even in those moments where they said, here I am. They were struck with fear and awe and wonder by what was transpiring in front of their eyes. And they wanted more. It's exactly why way Nick said what he did, but it says, do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Holy ground. My friend, Joseph Stallings, who also is a part of the worship team for Founder, he wrote a song in 2021 that released called Glory. And it has, I'm not going to sing it for you though. I sometimes sing on my Peloton. (laughs) This is holy ground. Oh my gosh, it's so good. You can feel it now. And it is this place of awe and wonder where comfort zones are destroyed because you're in the presence of God. So Nicodemus pursues Mary to set up a private appointment with God, with Jesus. And he gets it. And he is scared and worried and concerned in the flesh and eager, excitable, and ready in the spirit and oh my gosh, it's the most beautiful scene. You have to watch it. And the way that Jesus interacts with Nicodemus, he doesn't need him to perform a ritual. He lets him ask all of the wild questions. He lets his curiosity take him over his comfort zone with truth. Are you willing to do that today? To get so curious with Christ. To go there. To get outside of the comfort zone. To pursue him in the secret place. So that he can speak to you. Truth. That is everlasting. Ever changing. Ever satisfying. And likely going to break down everything you thought you knew. Everything you thought you knew. So Nicodemus, he goes to leave and he stands up and he actually falls to his knees and he kisses Jesus and Jesus is like, what are you doing? And he stands to his feet and they meet eye to eye and both of them have tears in their eyes. And Jesus has just extended the invitation, follow me. And Nicodemus is wrestling with his flesh. And Jesus says, I know you have an incredible position with the Sanhedrin, I know that you have a family, and I know you have comforts beyond what everyone you see have. You live in a rich life of the flesh. But I'm telling you, in your aging years, I don't care how old you are. I'm asking you to follow me. He's wrestling, and yet he knows that he knows that he knows what is true and real and raw and holy I'm standing on holy ground. Uh, you guys, I probably sound like a crazy person right now. Out of my head and in my heart, I'm inviting you to a place that is so sacred that nothing else matters, that the context of religiosity and societal pressures and cultural norms and boxed ideas are broken and shattered and replaced with an expansive truth that far outweighs anything you've ever experienced or touched or eaten or held or believed. It's holy. And it's so rich. Oh my gosh, it's so rich. And so we see this exchange and we we feel in that moment so much for Nicodemus. Because how much of you love your comfort zone that's been created? Maybe someone's placed you there to protect you. Maybe you go there as your secret place, but it's actually not the fullness of what God wants for you. Maybe you've been pushed into that place and you feel like you're in a bondage, like a cell, like Joseph was in a prison, a literal prison. John the Baptist was in a literal prison prison in this episode, and he still worshiped God, and he still spoke truth, and he still knew that there were going to be people just like Nicodemus who would be positioned to break him free. Now, that's not the end of John's story, we know, but he didn't care. He didn't care. So how does this parallel to my life, to your life, in the natural well, first off, we are but sojourners. I love this word. We are passing through. When we accept Christ into our heart, when we set our our sights and our heights and our intentions on the heavenly realm, we are no longer strapped to the confines or the comfort zones of this earth that Satan and his many legions <laughs> dwell in and control. Now, we are adopted into the king of heaven, into the king of kings, into the kingdom of heaven, and we become a rightful priest and king to operate with power and authority here on earth, rather than bondage slaves like the Egyptians had captured the Israelites. Oh my gosh, all of this is so parallel to all of Genesis and the beginning of Exodus. Exodus 1 through 3 carries the weight Of everything I'm talking about. And so does every other piece of the Bible. You no longer have to operate in this mindset of bondage. Of slavery. Of but my dream has yet to be. No. Present moment. Present peace. Present. Right? Joseph himself, even in the midst of his imprisonment, was at perfect peace. He was also positioned as a leader and a caretaker in that place. God will position you no matter where you are. He will give you wisdom and insight and truth and comfort that is an everlasting comfort. If you're willing to surrender your understanding, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the desires of your heart they will be immediately realigned. Think of a chiropractor just whoop, whipping that spine into shape, aligned to his desires. And so your dream isn't too big. Your desire isn't wrong when it's connected to Christ. Nicodemus's desire was not wrong. It was fixated on the one true, currently in the midst of his present living God. So I know I'm not in the Word with Nicodemus right now, and I could probably reference so many things, but Chosen just illuminated this idea. And then this morning, God reminded me of the holy ground because I fell asleep crying, crying to God. Thank you for taking me to my own holy ground moment. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's the pillar or the altar, not the pillar. The pillar is pagan. The altar of my life was premised In this living room, not my living room, currently my old living room, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And I still today get to walk in the cool of the day with Christ. One day we're all going to get to do that all the time because Eden, delight and wonder, Eden is the garden of Eden. It's going to be reestablished when Christ comes back. And since we aren't there yet, that will be the ultimate comfort zone, the only comfort zone because it's God's comfort And not worldly comfort. This is just an invitation, you guys. That's all this is today. It's an invitation to go deeper. To break the comforts. And the shackles that are connected to those comforts. In the natural, those look like money to Nicodemus. Truly, it's it's such a bait of Satan. To release unforgiveness... An offense referencing John Revere's Bait of Satan book. So so good. And understanding that you only have power to do those things by Christ who will dwell inside of you for all the days of your life. And I know if you're listening at this point, you likely have done this. You've already accepted Christ. But are there idols? Are there idols that are still there that need to be demolished? That I have become your comfort zone. I'm constantly breaking these down in my own life, kicking them over, and saying, God, I'm back to square one. What I thought was comfort in this is a lie. What I thought was comfort in this is a lie. What I thought was comfort in this is a lie. Nicodemus is on this journey right now in the chosen season one. Moses is on this journey right now. In Exodus, Joseph went on this and so did so many of his brothers. His brothers, man, I think of Judah. I think of Tamar. Everyone, gosh, every single person is on the same journey to Christ. How they answer that call is up to them. There's a final point in Exodus 3 at the end that I think is worth noting. For those of you who you just can't seem to kick it down, it feels like I'll keep this in place and I'll pursue Christ until that thing comes to fruition and then, and then I'll trust God. We all want the here I am send me moment we all want the, the land of the milk and honey. We all want to be in that sweet sensation of holy ground. And the moment we close our Bibles or the moment we get frustrated or the moment someone comes and pokes and prods or the moment we turn on the television or the moment something doesn't go according to our plan, we immediately write God off. We start to be in our control We start to create our own comfort zone again as a self-created being. And we stop free-flowing in the presence of the Lord. And this will happen. This will happen in your life. I can promise you in this body, in this flesh. But that is why we must renew our minds constantly. Hold captive those thoughts. Rewrite them and present them to the Lord. Repent in all of our ways. And say, God, you are. You are the only I am. Wipe away my I am's, unfollow me, and follow him. And so I bring you to this point in Exodus 3, and it says, speaking to um, when Moses and um, the elders go to king of Egypt to request to leave so that they can save their people. Now, they don't know the plan. He's not giving away the plan. He's, he's perfecting it through the lens of the Lord to say, let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, because he previously just said the Lord has met with us. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go. This is God. Unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders That I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. So, here, God Himself says that the plagues, the 10 plagues that are about to happen, are wonders because this Egyptian emperor, king, will only be able to perceive it as such even though it is tormenting, even though it's going to literally break down his comfort zones and make him really uncomfortable. God has a way of doing both. And you guys, I talk about the milk and the honey and I talk about the sweetness and the tenderness, but the alternative, the alternative to that I'm not a brimstone and fire kind of preacher, but I'm not going to lie to you either. The alternative is chaos. Not because God is giving you chaos, But because you aren't writing your mind towards the one thing, the one thing. Oh, my gosh. He's the savior of the world. He's the savior of your soul. He is the developer and the security of your personal revival. And if you have personal revival, no matter what predicament you find yourself in, I can assure you, you will find peace. You will find joy. You will find all the wealth that you're looking for in the fruit of the spirit and maybe even beyond resources that you can't possibly understand will start falling into your lap. And I'm speaking prophetically right now because we are going to plunder. We are going to plunder. Do you know what this word plunder means? Man, I got to meet with a dear new friend and go to his incredible studio and Hear from his heart what God is doing in his life and what his mission is. And he has these pirate flags everywhere inside of his studio. And uh, I was like, what's with the pirates, bro? And he, he said, you know, I had that same question. And I actually brought it to multiple pastors and mo- multiple confidants. I have prayed to God about why does he always, like, why am I drawn to this? And he thought it was like something of the flesh that he was drawn to. And he, like, wanted to tear down this Particular pillar, this idol, and the Lord said, "Well, actually, and people, people through uh, the Lord through people said that God has made you a pirate for the kingdom. That you are going to plunder, meaning to go and take, to go and restore, to receive. You're taking away from all of the the shackles and shames that have been developed through war. Plunder is what's left over when the opposing team loses." or a city is burned because of something, good or bad, they plundered it. This is what pirates do. They plunder the ship before it sinks, right? They take all the gold and all the things that are worth money, all the things that have value. Sometimes they even plundered people, women and children, if all the men were killed, and they would adopt their sheep and their cattle and all these things. So his mission is to take plunder from the enemy And bring it back to the kingdom. And I thought, boom. That's a mission right there. That's a mission that has been cultivated in his spirit since he was a little boy. And he couldn't comprehend what it meant. Oh my goodness. And it says, the very end of this. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward this people. So that when you leave, you will not go empty. Favorably disposed. Please and thank you. I love this. Wouldn't it be amazing if the things that were your comfort, if the communities that you feel confined to, the churches that you feel bound to, the organizations that seem to control you, if they would favorly dispose of you. I'm going to pray that over you today. That the places that are holding you hostage would favorly dispose of you. Meaning, they're going to let you go. They're just going to release you. There's not going to be a quarrel. There's not going to be a, a transition phase. They're just going to say, go favorly dispose of your people. Oh God. So that when you leave, you will not go empty handed. You won't go empty handed. They're going to favorly dispose of you. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for the articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. This is a generational favor. Generational favor follows when you follow Christ. Nicodemus had all of these grandchildren, one that had just been born inside of this particular episode. And I think, ah, you you want to stay in the flesh when you could go to a spirit realm and you could exist in the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And the final point is, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. Imagine being favorably disposed And they send you out with silver, gold, and clothing, not just for you, but for the generations to follow. This is the mission. This is the mission we're on. Because the comfort zones are about to be catastrophically torn down. Because Christ is the comforter, but he is not in control of the comfort zone. That's Satan's territory. So watch out, world. Watch out to the areas that you've established comfort. Get on the bike. Get in front of the camera. Start sharing the good news. Get on the street corner. Knock on the door. Send out the email. Do the thing that God is calling you to do. Call the old friend. Call your parents. You know, if we don't get uncomfortable for Christ, oh, gosh, How can he hear us? How can he hear us? If we go back, oh my gosh, in Exodus 2. Come on, Lord. Thanks for recalling all of these in my mind. It says that during that long period, the king of Egypt died. Now, this is between Moses leaving. He was being pursued by Pharaoh um, to kill him because he had killed an Egyptian. And then he fled. And he was raised in the Pharaoh's house because of his daughter. So Pharaoh was mad. Now, Pharaoh died while Moses was establishing a family. And Moses was with another people group, right? And he had a son in this time. So during that long period, the king of Egypt died. So that particular Pharaoh was no longer after him. The Israelites groaned in slavery. Let's just say, because I know you guys are like, man, comfort sounds so nice. Let's just change the word comfort to slavery forevermore. (laughs) A comfort zone is a slavery zone, okay? Okay. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. I'm going to stop there. God, we we repent for the place that has been shifted or changed or perverted to be perceived as a comfort zone. God, we see it now as the slavery that it is. We see it now as the bondage that it is that nothing presented to us from the world is better than you is more comforting than you our comforter. Oh God, we love you. We thank you. We come into that wing, that shadow that only you can provide. We ask that you do this. You destroy these slavery cells. You destroy the bondage. You put us in front of your face, oh God. You put us on our knees, God, so that we can kiss your hands like Nicodemus, so that you may only lift our eyes to your eyes and tell us of our worth and remind us of our enoughness in you, God, because you sent your son for this very reason. Your blood has already covered this problem. And so you bring us to our feet and we are in awe and wonder of your goodness and your mercy and your ability and your creative lens and your design and your character and your compassion. God, this is holy ground. This is holy ground. You are so holy, Lord. You are so good. You are so sovereign. You make a way where there is no way. You bring us into connections and resources that we couldn't ask, hope, or imagine for, God. We thank you. We thank you that before you even designed the world, you knew our name. You prepared a place for us in history, God. We want to do you honor. We want to do you justice. But right now, Lord, so many are crying out in bondage and slavery, and they just need the chains broken off. God, I hear the cry of your people, your people who call you by name, who know who you are. They know your capabilities, but they haven't seen it. They haven't touched it. They haven't felt it. Because they've been shackled for too long, God. Free them today. Free them today, God. Break it down. May the enemy flee from their territory. May the the confines change, God. Will there be favorable disposal in their life today from these confines? Mm, Lord, awaken your sleeping church. Awaken your sleepy church. God, the people who are listening to this, send them out today. Send them out, God. Here we are. Send us. Here we are, oh God. We love you. We praise your name. We trust you. We know that your ways are higher. We know that our our infeasible flesh is not possible to do what you can do alone, God. Position us. We will go. Position us, we will speak. Position us, we will write. Position us, we will shift. Position us, we will build. Position us, we will, God, because you will, because you are the great I am. You are the great I am. You are the Lord of lords. You are the host of hosts. You send your angel armies to our territory. We command them to shift atmospheres alongside us, God, to go before we walk in so that it's already done in Jesus' mighty name. Like you did for Gideon's army, we can do it with the few, God. That we don't have to see the numbers, that we don't have to see the follows, that we don't have to see the the margins, that we don't have to see those things with our natural eyes for them to be true, oh God. Because what is true is your promise. What is true is your word. What is true is your expansion. What is true is eternity. God, we love you. That is what is true. Your love is true. Mm. God, I pray that people listen all the way through. Thank you for meeting me here. Meeting my kids there. Meeting my husband there. Meeting us in this season of life, day in and day out, God. We seek you and you alone. We trust you and you alone. Oh, we love you, God. We thank you, Jesus. Your people, we're here for you. Thank you, Jesus. Man, oh man. Thank you for hanging out. Hopefully you get through this, and if you missed the beginning, you tune in. I felt like I was a little bit scatterbrained at the beginning, um, and I knew he would come and take over, and I'm so grateful that he did takeaways. Go watch that episode of The Chosen. I'll link it below. Get in the word as a predominant. Let me switch one and two. Oh, I love when there's balloons because I do a peace sign. I don't know what that means. Get in the word. Start today. Find something that meets you when it comes to the word. Maybe it's a women's devotional. Maybe it's it's a children's Bible. People have to start somewhere and it's okay if you can't start with what seems really overwhelming. Get a translation that's right for you. Get on your knees and repent. Change your mind. That's all that is. Surrender your will for his. Have your burning bush moment and recognize it as holy ground so you can establish an altar there, a place that God will always meet you. Mine is always on my living room floor. I know he'll meet me there. Doesn't matter if it's the same living room or not. Doesn't matter if it's a Mount Sinai for you or not. Moses met in the burning bush, the God at the foot of Mount Sinai. And then he ascended later, many years later to get the 10 commandments. So there is a place that God is summoning you to. Maybe it's a mountain. Maybe it's the ocean. Maybe it's your fireside comfy chair. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and be sure to share this out. If you would, that'd be awesome. It's just a cry from my heart for the world to God. So thanks a lot. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. Over there, check it out. And thanks again, Life Audio, for being you. God's word will change our life, but sometimes it's hard to know where to start. Well, that's where I come in. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week, I guide you through a scripture, giving you space to listen to the spirit and pray about what's on your heart. Then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.